And this next parable is a very strange parable in some ways. It's called the parable of the dishonest manager. So there was a rich man who had a manager. That means it was a person that the rich man had in charge of his money and his accounts. And somebody told him that this guy was wasting his possessions. So the the rich man said, what is this that I hear about you? Turn in the account of your management. Meaning like, show me the books. Show me all the purchases you've made and where all the money has gone. You can no longer be manager. So the manager said to himself, what am I gonna do? My master's taking the management away from me. I'm gonna lose my job. I'm not strong enough to dig. Can't get a job digging. I'm, I'm too ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. So that after I lose my job, I will be received into people's houses and I'll still have a way of supporting myself. This is what he did. He called his master's debtors. That means the people that owed his master some payment. He brought them in one by one. And he said to the first one, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. He said, take your bill, sit down quickly, and write that you only owe him 50 instead of 100. Then he called another one and he said, what do you owe? And he said, 100 measures of wheat. He said, take your bill and write 80. So why would he do that? But he did. No, he was the one who was in charge of the books. He had the record. So by doing this, here's what would happen. The master would undoubtedly know that he was being dishonest. He already had this charge brought that he was dishonest. So it isn't that he would trick the master into thinking that this guy only owed 50 and that guy only owed 80. However, when the people that he called in changed their amount, if the master then said to them later, oh, actually, you owe me 100 then they would think that the master was going back on his word. Because when the, when the manager said, you write down 80, you write down 50, the people must have thought that the master was the one who was reducing the amount that they owed. And they would have thought, oh, that master is good and gracious and kind. Meanwhile, the manager is being shrewd. He is counting on this. Shrewd means like, clever and wise and kind of a little tricky. He is banking on the fact that his master will go along with this because he won't want people to think that he is ungracious. So this will make the other people like him, people that he helped by reducing their bill. And it will help him to maybe find a job with them or for them to help him out after he loses his job. Now, what's so strange about this is that it says that the master commends the dishonest manager for his shrewdness. And people look at this parable and they think, Jesus is like commending this guy for like being a liar, right? But what he's really commending is how, like, how shrewd he was in terms of understanding the situation he was in. And knowing how to deal in such a way to provide for himself after he, he lost his job. And he says that we, the sons of light, we should be more shrewd. Because we're usually not as shrewd as the sons of this world. What he means 
is that unbelievers can be very shrewd and like tricky about getting what they want, about coming up with a plan to figure out how to get what they want. He says that we believers should also be shrewd, but for a different goal, for the things of the kingdom of heaven, for following Jesus, for trusting in Jesus, for getting eternal life through Jesus, and for telling people about Jesus. We should learn how to use all the things that we've been given in this life and all the situations that arise in order to share the gospel and and to trust in Jesus. And so Jesus says this, one who is, he said, no, this, this is how Jesus describes it. He says, make friends for yourselves by means of unrighteous wealth so that when it fails, they may receive you into their eternal, into eternal dwellings. So he's saying wealth in this world is unrighteous, meaning that people use it for a lot of unrighteous things and it can't produce righteousness. And it often brings people to be very unrighteous because people act in very sinful ways to try to get wealth. But he says that we can use it. We shouldn't be like, oh, you know, money is bad. We're Christians. We're not going to use money. Nor should we um, just let it like kind of take over us so that we love money and the things that money can get more than following Jesus. Instead, we should use it with the goal of eternal life for us and for other people. He says, use it to make friends for yourselves. How do we make friends for ourselves by unrighteous wealth? Well, that's what he means. Using what we have to focus on Jesus and on telling people about Jesus. He says, one who is faithful in a very little will also be faithful in much. Well, it's kind of like responsibility. You know, sometimes we try to give you guys a little bit of responsibility and then... If you are responsible with that, then you can have more responsibility. So also Jesus is giving us things to be responsible over as, as like stewards. Everything that he gives to us, he wants us to use for his kingdom, for trusting in him and bringing other people to trust in him. And so he ends that section by saying, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. Like, you can't do two different things at the same time, right? Or imagine you were in a boat, like when we were on the boat. All right, so like imagine you were on one boat and then you tried to step into another boat, and that, but you didn't like get from one into the other. You just kept one foot in each boat. You know what would happen? You would slip off one boat. Well, you'd end up falling in the water, yeah, because you'd be pushing the two boats away from each other. Or imagine if uh, two people call, are on other sides of their house and we both called the shadow. He can't, uh, he can't come to both of us at the same time. You have to pick one of us over the other one, right? So that's what Jesus is saying. We can't serve two masters. We can't serve money and ourselves and the things that money can get and Jesus. So instead, we should use money and ourselves and all the things that money can get to serve Jesus. Because Jesus gives us eternal life. Let's see. Oh, there's one more thing to add to this. So when Jesus said this, then the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, right? They heard him say these things. By the way, that's like everybody. Everybody's like the Pharisees. People, by nature, we're all lovers of money. They heard this and they ridiculed Jesus. They laughed at him. But he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men. You think that because you have riches... That, other, that that means you're righteous. Other people are impressed with you. You think that 
wearing fancy clothes makes you better than other people. Or you think that having money gives you the power and the right to do what you want. Or you think that because you have money, you deserved it and other people didn't. You think that your outward works justify you. And you compare yourself to other people. But God knows your hearts. For what is exalted among men is an abomination in the sight of God. Think about what he means. What's exalted among people? Well, money, right? And uh, certain kind of kinds of lifestyle and um, trying to be the best and trying to get more for ourselves, that sort of thing. But that's an abomination in the sight of God. What else is exalted inside of men? Our works, the things that we do, our pride. And say, look how good I am. I'm righteous. That's an abomination in the sight of God. What's exalted in the sight of God is uh, the humility of faith in the gospel, the forgiveness of sins.